y'all. Welcome to Addicted to Chaos. If you are joining us from last week, thanks for all the love. Um, if you guys know me at all, you would know I have always loved reading, even when I was younger. Lately, I've been on TikTok a lot. I'm sure you've heard about Book Talk. And I recently stumbled across Book Talk, Spicy Talk, whatever you want to call it. Um, thanks to a musician, Russ. Um, he was coming out with a new song called Nasty, and he was actually talking about a book series that I was reading at the time. So I got super into it, started looking into all of the book talk hashtags, and ended up getting a lot of great recommendations. So today, I brought my friend Chelsea here. Um, she has, She's also an avid book reader. We met four years ago. We would book whisper to one another, and last summer we even passed books around with a group of friends. Um, so, hi Chelsea. Hi, I'm so excited to be on the second round of podcasts for Addicted to Chaos. Yes, thank you so much for coming and joining me. Um, I guess my first question would be, what are you currently reading? Okay, so the book I'm currently reading, you were with me, and as well as Sierra, when I first got this book, um, we actually went to Barnes & Nobles, and we were, like, asking the lady there, what is your most spiciest book that you have? And she book whispered the shit out of us. She walked us to the spicy section, um, and I like to call them Brad books. Um, I actually follow this girl on Instagram. It's called Beach Read and Bubbly, and she calls these Brad books Beach Read After Dark. So basically, they're light on the plot but heavy on the romance, and I just wanted something fun and light for the summer that I could just like breeze through. And so this book is called Addicted to You. Um, two of the main characters have been best friends throughout their whole life. They come from a billionaire family, but they both have addictions. So the main character, the girl, Lily, she is addicted to sex and the Lauren, the man, um, her best friend is addicted to alcohol. Um, and they have to for the past three years, they pretended to be in this real relationship, hiding both of their addictions from their families. Um, that way they can do as they please, um, but they end up, of course, falling for each other and therefore also either helping or hindering each other's addictions, which is wild to hear how, like, obviously she um, helps her addictions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's very interesting. Yeah, so when I'm done, you can you can read it. Perfect. That's what I love about sharing books with friends. Um, right now, I'm currently reading We Were Never Here um, by Andrea Bartz, and it's good so far. It's about these two best friends who had previously went on a trip together. Um, they go on like a trip, I guess, every year out of the country. Um, so this year they went on another trip and something crazy happens where there's a murder and they're trying to cover it up, kind of cover it up, like act like everything's okay. And um, at right now at this point, her friend is kind of like pulling away from her other yeah. best friend and that normally they're like stuck together at the hip. So it's really interesting and I love a good best friend book. Yes. So. Okay. So when you're done with that and I'm done with that, we'll just swap. switch. <laughs> love it. Okay. Um, so what is a book that has opened your eyes to a different perspective? Oh, that one's tough. A different perspective. Um, 
Okay, this is crazy, but I am going to go with the Colleen Hoover book. Um, it ends with us. Now, I have never personally been in a domestic violence relationship. I have had two friends who have been close to that, um, and I've watched one in particular go through that. But it really, because I guess when I think about domestic violence, um, you know, like whenever we think about um, first, I thought this. Now I think this. So right. what what is that in ELA? Um, synthesizing <laughs> whatever <laughs> I'm synthesizing. So at first I thought that domestic violence, that's just a black and white decision. If a man lays a hands on you, you leave the relationship, right? Like, but really this book opened my eyes because it's just not that easy. It's not that easy for the man. It's not that easy for the woman. And, um, I guess I kind of fell in love, not as much as I love Atlas, but I, in a way, caught myself rooting for Ryle, who is the man that did put hands on Lily, who is the main character, because Ryle, of course, he's intelligent and he's charming, but he's so much more complex and he his he's so charismatic and the deep love that he did have for Lily, like you just felt like his regrets, like he felt his regrets more than anyone else. And I wanted him so bad to be good for her, even though I knew it wasn't. Um, and I think that it just opened my eyes to the hardships and the decisions that women really do face when um, they are in this type of relationship. I agree because I definitely looked at it the same way. I definitely was kind of cheering Ryle on hope hoping that he could better himself, but obviously like no one can change him except for himself. Yes. Um, but I did end up reading It Starts With Us, which is the second book at the beginning of the summer and comparing them, I looking at the two relationships, I love Atlas and Lily together way more it just felt like with her and Atlas, like everything came natural. Everything came um, without any work. Like I know that all relationships are work, but it was so much more free. It was a different type of like yes. work. Yes. And it was just such, so much of a more wholesome relationship and just seeing her being loved how she should be loved. And you're like, oh, yeah. That is how it should be. Yeah. I love what you said too about like Ryle, like with any like demons that we are fighting, like it is you that has to put in the work, not someone else that can fix you. Right. Um, a deep, <laughs> <laughs> I know it is deep. I think a book that has opened my eyes to a different perspective. There's been a few, but there's a book called A Long Walk to Water. Oh, I love A Long Walk to Water. Me too. And it's by Linda Sue Park. Um, and it just brings you a totally different perspective. It's based in Sudan, uh, Sudan, sorry. And it's two different perspectives. There's a girl um, in 2008 and then there's a boy, I want to say 1985. And it just follows both of their storylines. So the girl, Naya, has to walk two hours every day, twice a day to get water because they don't have clean, easy access to water. And then the boy, Salva, he's one of the lost boys of Sudan refugees because the, what are they called? Um, rebels. Yes, the yeah. rebels came 
and basically separated him from his family. Yeah, they actually came, um, and this is a true story, um, when he was at school and they came in with their guns and they had no choice but to escape as a group of boys. Um, and as they, like that was one, like the first or second chapter that I was like, are you kidding me? And as they were, you know, making their way to the refugee camp, he was like, I have to go back to my village and go get my mom and dad. And the older boys and um, some of the youngers were like, you can't. That's where the rebels are at. So literally, they had nothing but the clothes on their back as they were escaping to refugee. And the things that they went through during that time, like, wow, is insane. And it's not even, it's like the things they went through plus thinking like, are my is my family even alive? Like what happened to them? Like, where are they? Like, I cannot even imagine. So it's just a, it's a great book. It is based on a true story. There is um, some parts that are not true, obviously, but it just brings a perspective of the hardships and that other people endure um, when we're sitting here on the couch in the AC with our Starbucks and can get water from the refrigerator at any given moment. Yeah. And if it's lukewarm, we can pour it down the drain if we want. So it's just makes you grateful for what you have. Definitely. I think too, like Linda Sue Park did a really good job at tying the two characters back towards the end of the book. Like put a nice little bow at the end. I agree. It was a very good read and it's honestly a pretty short Very book. short. You could finish it like in a, in a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. A day or two. A day. Yeah. I finished it in a day. Yeah. Same. Some people don't read like me. So yeah. So for personal development books, um, do you have a favorite? I have a few. I love, that's probably one of my favorite genres that, and of course, um, building my craft and teaching and coaching, um, as well as leadership, but perfect, like personal development. Ah, okay. So I love James Clear. Um, James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits. He also has an awesome like email chain that he sends out every uh, weekly um, with little snips of just bettering yourself. But I think what I love about Atomic Habits is um, we build habits, whether they're good or bad, on a daily. And how do we do this? We do this because of our behavior and um, what we set up. And there's two quotes about atomic habits that have really like stood out to me. And one of them is, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems, right? And so when I think about that, and um, so I've been pretty consistent working out for the past two years. Like I had to create a system that would not fail me. So I could, be the type of person that says, yeah, I wake up every day, every morning at 3 30, 4 o'clock and I get up and I go to the gym. But before that, I did not have a good system. I did not have a consistent time. I did not have anyone to watch my child, right? Like I had to even plan for that. And so thinking of setting yourself up like a badass system that doesn't fail you, again, you do not rise to the level of goals, you fall to the level of your systems. It's just so huge. I even love the analogy he gives with like brushing his teeth and flossing more. Like that's something I could even do is floss more, but he's like, if you want to floss more, then set up your system to make sense. Put, you know, the floss out on a little dish as 
like in front of your sink so that you see it every day, right? Um, I also love his other quote. It's every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. So knowing that your behaviors is what leads to the person that you are is just so huge. And every day we have a chance to be 1% better. And we do this by our behaviors and by what systems we have in place. So really, James Clear, Atomic Habits all the way. In fact, I'm pretty sure this is the book that helped my brother stop smoking cigarettes. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I, I actually really like both of those quotes that you picked just because you can have all of these awesome, amazing goals that you want to achieve, but if you can't make it so that you're successful to even accomplish like something small, yes. you're never going to reach that bigger goal. Yeah. So I yeah. really, really like that. My, I was going to say, what's yours? My favorite, I would have to say right now is the inclusive mindset by Justin Jones Fosu. Um, he just, I read this book last summer. I kind of did a book study on it for school and it just like really opened my eyes to different perspectives. Um, and, and my own biases, it kind of just makes mm. you reflect like, what are your biases? How can you overcome them? Um, because everyone has them. Everyone has them. And it's really just becoming more self-aware of them and catching them when you have them. Yes. And just like, it just gives you, it gave me like different ways to think about confrontation situations mm -hmm. or like how to communicate with people and like reach out to others you wouldn't normally reach out to and grow your circle. And I think like I have gotten a lot better at that because of this book. I think even before this book, which I love, I think that that is one of your, like your biggest strengths is to be inclusive and thinking about others, no matter like what situation too. Well, thanks. Mm -hmm. That's like a huge compliment for me. Cause I really do try to take that in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. What is the most life-changing book you have ever read? Life-changing. Oh, um, okay. So this one is not like super deep, but I feel like as far as like changing my life and thinking about it, probably at least two times a week, honestly, would be The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Maria Kondo. I know that there was a Netflix series. I probably read this book 10 years ago before it got really popular. But um, it's definitely, it's the Japanese art of decluttering and organi organizing. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, and I feel like the book in general, like, it's all about basically what brings you joy. And if it doesn't bring you joy, you don't need it around. You don't need it in your house. You don't need it in your car. You don't need it in your classroom because it's just sitting there. Um, and it kind of changed my habits and like how I, one, keep things or objects, um, how I clean my house. Um, and it's so freeing when your space, especially someone like my brain with ADHD, like I, I literally couldn't write a paper or start on my in love instructions or with any type of like real mental capacity of thinking if I did not have like a clean space as well as my home or classroom. Um, and so it's super freeing in the way that like 
it's clean. Like it's clear. I, if I, if my space is clear, then my mind is clear. Like I have the right pathways to do what I need to do. Um, she talks about keeping the things that speak to your heart. It's really not, not about like, what am I going to throw away, but really what am I going to keep that matters to me? Um, it's just kind of how you want to live your life. And I, um, I love it. It's, it's changed the way that I live my life and how I like, um, really don't keep a bunch of shit. I hate extra papers, like all these papers <laughs> in the trash. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm definitely going to be borrowing this I, book from you this summer. I'm going to leave it here <laughs> with you because let's start tomorrow. <laughs> so Ch Chelsea knows I'm like going through my house right now and currently decluttering and organizing, but that's very hard for me because I have like a hard time letting things go, but I will say I have like almost a whole bag of clothes. I'm proud of you already that I'm giving away. So, and I just started. So I'm, I'm like feeling already freer. Right. right. So I think reading this book will help. Me. Yes. <laughs> and I am let, I'm coming over and we're going to do a section of time. We're going to do, you, you did your under, under the sink, right? I did under the kitchen sink and yeah. I did my whole bathroom yeah. sink. What I tell you the other day, I said, everything needs a place. Yes. Everything. And I did two, you would be proud. I did two kitchen, no, two kitchen drawers yesterday. I Look at you. Whoop, whoop. Okay. I don't think I have a most life-changing book at the moment. I cannot think of one for the life of me. Okay. So if you don't have a most life-changing book, what is either the most life-changing quote piece of advice that you've been given or maybe um, a story or an experience that you've ever had? What would be? I'm going to say that there's this one quote. It's actually from the book, The Inclusive Mindset, that I had mentioned earlier that says, I do believe we should ultimately treat others who have done or said something wrong the way we would want to be treated when we have said when we have done or said something wrong. So that just kind of like, I mean, it is like the golden rule, treat others how you want to be yeah, treated. Yeah, it's like the golden rule. But, but tougher because it's during times of conflict. Times of conflict or anger or frustration. And that kind of made me take a step back and be like, oh yeah, like if I made a mistake, I wouldn't want someone to like come at me or snap at me. Mm -hmm. Like that would... Just, put you in defense mode immediately. Right. Put me in defense mode and then later I would like reflect on it for ever. Yeah. But I think that takes a lot of like self-awareness to one, pause when you're angry, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then ask yourself that question like, okay, if I was the one who fucked up or did this, how would I want someone to come at me? Like that is some deep reflection. Yes. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying I'm perfect because I most definitely am not, especially when I'm angry. I'm the road rage type person. Like it just comes, <laughs> it comes quickly. So that is hard for me, but I think like that just opened my eyes. Like, oh yeah, how would you want to be treated if you were in that situation? It kind of just makes me stop and try to put myself in the other person's shoes before I like go off. Yeah, that's good. I almost want to use that for canned and like building empathy because that's a huge empathy builder question. I love that. <laughs> so... Out of all of these books, I know we've read a ton. What is your favorite book of all time? No! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> My favorite book of all time. Okay, so 
Crazy. My favorite book of all time has to go to Francine Rivers, Redeeming Love. It is the most honest, genuine, biblical love story that I have ever read. Um, the main characters, Angel and Michael, are... I fell in love with both of them, particularly Michael. Um, I had never read a book where a man loved like Jesus. Like, not only did he love her like Jesus, but he loved everyone around him and the way that he forgave her for doing the most atrocious things. Like, if he can forgive her, then like anyone can forgive anyone, like anyone else. Um, and so I love too that Angel realized through Michael, um, who loves like Jesus, um, that she has the power to choose the life she wants. And we all have that power to choose the life that we want. And um, if I could love like Michael and love like Jesus, then my life is made. Like that book is hands down my favorite love story. I love that. I'll have to read that one too. So many good like yeah. suggestions. Okay. I would say favorite book of all time. It's very hard for me to pick one because I'm so indecisive. <laughs> if I had to pick, like I would pick, the Harry Potter series. Yes. It's like something that just made me so much more in love with reading. Yes. It really takes you into the story and you get addicted to the characters and like you feel like you're there. And it's, I love the books and I love the movie, but I always love the book more. Yes. Your wizard Harry. <laughs> I, that is actually the series that, um, I introduced to Can to love reading as well. I knew that the Sorcerer's Stone was going to get him to fall in love with a plot. And what better plot than J.K. Rowling's yeah. Harry Potter book? Exactly. It's, so who's it's, your favorite character in Harry Potter? Ooh, mm -hmm. That's hard. I would say Hermione. I just love, I just have a love for her. She's smart and funny, like, quick-witted yes. and she's just got like a heart of gold oh <laughs> that's a good one okay well that is all we have time for today but thank you so much for joining me that was so fun talking about books I know I could do that all day same and if you guys have any book recommendations please send them our way because yes. we would love to hear them and maybe I'll even do a post on Instagram of some more books that we recommend that we didn't get a chance to talk to. Or we could or all, talk about today. They could be included in the book swap. Oh, I yeah. love that. Send your address too. Love it. Um, thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate it. Make sure you follow and like our podcast. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>